This is the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast with Trevor Monaghan and Clive Jones. In this series, we will make fun of each other and share some of our self proclaimed wisdom about understanding what your business is worth now, how to make it worth more, and how to get it ready for sale. Welcome back to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. My name's Trevor Monaghan. I'm a chartered accountant, business valuer, mumbler. And, and and I'm Clive Jones, and I'm a business coach, and my job's to keep Trevor quiet. Yeah, no. <laughs> As if you haven't guessed already, this is a bit of a uh, it's a serious podcast because we talk about serious issues about getting businesses ready for sale, business valuations, and all those kind of things. But at the same time, we don't take each other seriously because we don't rate each other's ability to help people. Basically, is that about right? No, look, uh, Trevor. If we, if we did, if we really believed that, we wouldn't be doing this. But uh, let's let's try and get onto the subject, shall we? Okay. So we're up to I think it's episode eight in our infinite series of podcasts about getting your business ready for sale. Look, the name "So Your Business in Ten Weeks" is not necessarily meant to be taken literally. Um, as you'll see if you go back and listen to a back catalogue, what we're all about is is getting your business ready for sale. Um, the ten weeks really comes from a bit of a philosophy we've both got about. There's ten ten real steps. Um, to getting the business ready for sale. There's usually 10 steps for anything if you actually think about it and categorize it that and way. If, if you put your mind to it, 10 weeks, it, it is a possibility, but it literally is, is, a, is a 10 step process. There's 10 key areas that we need to focus on and um, yeah. So in this episode, what we want to talk about today is, you know, again, we're going to keep coming back to this over and over again, but um, the psychology of selling, I guess. And a lot of people are sort of, you know, they're getting more to grip with the psychology of selling generally with their products. Like people, you know, they go to sales seminars these days, they read the sales books, they know, you know, they can, you know, I don't know if they know and, and implement it, but they can regurgitate to you, you know, how to, you know, educate your prospects and compel them to take action, all that kind of stuff. Do they relate selling a product to selling a business, though, Trevor, do you think? And that, I think that's the problem. I think too often as we've talked about before is, is people go right I'm ready to, I'm ready to get rid of this business I'm, I'm ready to cash in my super which this business is for most people especially small businesses and they think the process is just hand the keys to a broker and he'll go do his job a bit like a piece of real estate you think mm, just like a house mm. but the thing is that this is no different to selling anything else in your business it's just it's just multiplied and that's that's the it problem. Is. It's, it's, it's the biggest sale the business is ever going to make for you. It is, and, I, and I'm you know in, in my day to day thing, and I'm I'm you know helping people with exit strategies for businesses. I'm doing business valuations for all different types of reasons, litigation and divorces, and people buying and selling. And I know Clive, you're involved on a day to day basis with helping people grow their business and systemize them. But I'm just not coming across enough people that that. You know, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm down on people, but people just, just don't seem to get it most of the time. Um, and I'm forever trying to educate people that it's not about just listing it on a website or you know handing the financials to a, to a buyer and their accountant. There's a lot more if you want to sell well, you know, if you want to sell it all and if you want to sell for a decent price, you have to put a bit more effort into it to that. And, and what I get, Trevor, is you know, worse things when a client comes to you and says, I'm keen to sell the business, or they may not be a client at this stage, but uh, yeah, somebody comes and says they want to sell the business, then they realize all the work that they need to do to actually make it look like a real business that they can sell. 
and it's not all just revolving around them. So part of the reason for this episode, and I was just talking about this with Clive before we come on today, is is I'm having these conversations over and over and over, and and as much as I enjoy talking, and Clive will testament to that, it's it's becoming monotonous. So I'm you know I'm I'm creating this podcast episode so I can point people to it instead of going over and over the same issues all the time. And I'm talking obviously there's specifics with everybody everybody's business that have to be dealt with case by case. But there's this overriding theory that um, is the same for all businesses. You have Gen- to general pr- yeah general principles work for everyone. So I'm not saying you, you don't, you know, if you're thinking about getting some advice, it doesn't mean don't call us. We still want to take your calls, but the the fundamental underlying um, best practice stuff is going to be the same for pretty much every business, and that's what we're trying that's to cover great. off today. Yeah. Um, so specifically, we want to talk about um, psychology in terms of, of the information memorandum. Now, I think we've touched on this a number of times very superficially during the previous episodes. Uh, and there was a reason for that, and the honest reason was we didn't have um, the structure yet of the information memory and template that we're, we've now released. So what we're trying to do is, Clive and I have been working together behind the scenes based on what we think is missing in the marketplace, and based on us trying to basically save time reinventing the wheel all the time for our customers, is we've put together an information memory and template that we think is a really good one size fits all for most businesses, yep. or at least a great starting starting point to, a to fair, build. Fair majority. Yeah. So it's a so our recommendation is to um, understand you know the strengths and weaknesses of your business, um, understand who your buyer may be, what you know what kind of attributes are there of the type of person that's going to write you that big check. They're most likely going to be a strategic buyer more than a financial buyer. Uh, we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, in this episode, we've talked about that a lot before, and we'll continue to talk about that difference. It's really important. And then you need to talk. You need to understand the communication that you need to do, so that that strategic buyer, with those specific attributes about them, they can match them up in their own mind against the specific attributes about about you. They're going to be the value to them. Like it's not hard as as an overriding concept, but I guess to implement it's a bit. You know, it's can become a little bit intricate because you need to. You need to stop thinking about your day-to-day stuff that you're doing because, um, and again, come back to sales theory, it's not about you. It's about you know the, the person you're solving a problem for. So you have to think about these things like the person out there that's going to write you a check, they've got a problem, and their problem is best solved by buying your business. And if, you can, if you can start with that kind of mentality, if you're a problem solver, you really need to think about who are these people out there with this big problem that your business will solve for them? And what is it specifically about your business that's gonna solve those problems? Um, and if you think that your business, you know, that what we're talking about isn't relevant for your business, or we don't understand your industry, or that's not how it works in my industry, and as soon as we hear things like that, we, we have a bit of a chuckle. It says this is a universal theory. Uh, unless you wanna sell for a basic financial value, which is means someone's gonna get your profit, times it by something like three, and so that's what I'm paying you no more, which, I know a lot of small businesses, especially when you take out the personal exertion, so basically reduce the profit by the amount of the effort of the owner, we're not coming up with a very it's big figure there. <laughs> uh, often it's negative, so yeah. you know, times are negative by a number, it doesn't matter, it's still negative. Um, so you know, if you're in a situation where you think your business is worth more than the numbers are showing, you need to understand this process. Um, so 
what you know anything to add in there Clive you're the, you're the business coach what and again your your whole your role here is to keep me accountable so that I don't talk crap and yeah I was falling asleep then sorry Trevor <laughs> but anyway, I think you got you got the message across there in that uh, in that ramble um, the key thing is this is the information memorandum is a document that you need to pull together as a sales brochure to tell any prospective buyer everything that they need to know about the, the business that you've got and to give them every incentive to give you the most value that you that they are prepared to pay for it. Yeah, so, I, and I guess, and that's really important, you've got to give them the most value for what they're prepared to pay. So mm. they're, they're, doing, they're doing a cost-benefit analysis, just like mm. you do, if you're going, you know, you're thinking about going to the movies, you're thinking you know, the movie tickets, say, 20 bucks, mm. uh, plus your popcorn, plus your Coke, maybe you're going to spend about $35, $40. You're, you're weighing that up, whether you know you're doing it, you're weighing up and saying, am I going to get enough value, which is in the form mm. of satisfaction or, or whatever it is, uh, or the economists would call it utilized, you know, utility, are you going to get at least $40 worth of utility from that transaction? Because it's going to cost or, you 40 Or put it in, into a business sense, you know, let's say you're going out to buy a piece of machinery and you need a, you need a new, new, you know, new whippersnipper for your lawnmower business, you, you weigh up whether the... Uh, the investment in the particular product you're looking at is going to give you the return um, in the right sort of time frame, or is it going to give you all sorts of problems? And you, you know, you maybe need to reconsider that investment. So the, the widgets you're selling now, people are already making a cost benefit. You know, your customers are making a cost benefit. You know, calculation whether they know it or not about whether what you're selling, you know, first does it solve a problem? Does it give them value? In a way that they, they, you know, that they, you know, they need that value. If they've got a problem that it can solve, uh, in a way that is better than the way your competition could solve that problem, at least, or, or more price competitive, or both. And you need to think about it that way. You know, think about it that way when you're selling a business. What problem are you solving? Is it, is it? Are you selling it to an investor who, who you know, potentially is a little bit off investing in the stock market or wants a better return than a turn to turn deposit? You know, is that your buyer? And if if that's your buyer, that's fine, but you need to understand, you need to be realistic. If that is your buyer, then your document, your information memorandum, needs to speak to that. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you're selling um, Harley-Davidson motorbikes, your brochure needs to speak to somebody that likes Harley-Davidson motorbikes for the things that Harley-Davidson's do that Hondas don't do. Like that's, at the end of the day, you're trying to meet that need or that, you know, that want so that they go, that's really valuable to me, that solves solves the problem I, was, you know, I thought I had in a way that you know I think is fairly risk-free and it's and the, the price of that thing is less than utilization I get from it you need to think about that so if you're selling it to a passive investor you know okay other returns there other returns better than their current uh, opportunities and also if it's a passive investor they want no risk are you presenting the business in a way that's almost no risk as opposed to if your buyer is a competitor and that competitor's only concern is to knock you out of the marketplace, because if they had more market share, they'd have more economies of scale, or they, you know, or they'd be able to raise finance easier, or whatever. Or they think they maybe they're going to get acquired themselves, and they need, um, they want to make sure that they're the only one in, in the industry at the time, because that's going to make them get a better price. You need to really, really, truly understand those motives, because if you knew that, use that last example, if. If you knew there was a strategic buyer in your industry that was a current competitor, they needed to, to eat you up 
so that they could be the the sole provider in the industry. So they would get eaten up themselves by someone, somebody conglomerate that that wants to be in, you know, wants to only buy someone in the industry if they buy the whole buy the whole industry. If you know that, and you can talk to that, and you can convince them that the the, the offer you've got on the table, the, your proposal for them to buy you is going to be best for everybody, and it's going to make them achieve what they don't want to achieve. That's going to be fantastic. As opposed to, you know. Tell me what would normally happen, Clive. Someone, someone says, I want to sell my business. They go to a broker, and what happens? What happens next? What's the process from there? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say because it's it a, is. a bit inconsistent, but what would typically you'd expect? So as opposed to meeting, you know, finding out the, the mm. buyer's you know, problem, it, solving it, it, meeting the need. At the end of the day, there's the, everything we do has got to have a good reason. You know, it, it comes back to why you're doing it in the first place. Why are you building this business why do you want to at some stage think of selling it what what is your overall driving purpose for doing all of this and when you when you're clear on that then the rest of it can be narrowed down i i i just believe that um if if you're not clear on who you're aiming to sell this to if that's what you want to do are you going to pass it on to the family do you need to you know, are you going to sell it to other people in the form of a um, a licensing agreement? It's the same thing. You're still selling the business. You're selling a package that other people can get into. And um, when you when you understand their mindset, the sort of people you're going to be selling to, you can actually um, promote it in a more suitable fashion to them. So what you, you know, and you're spot on there because what you're talking about is is architecting the sale. Mm. So it's like you've got a blank canvas and you and you can say, well, mm. I can I can proceed with this attempted sale whatever way I want mm. to. There's no rules. Yeah. And what I was getting to before, if you go to a broker, they'll say, yeah. "Oh, the rules are Yeah. pay a listing fee, pay mm. us to do some advertising, we'll chuck it on the web, we'll mm. chuck a couple of things in the local rag, and we'll see what happens." And they yeah. say that's and, and you know you can question that most of them will say but that you know that's how we do it that's mm. how we've been doing it for 100 years that's how we do it we're, mm. what we're saying is that that's that's one way mm. of doing it and that might be part of the mix but does that does that help you to you know identify and match that need with that strategic buyer the person that's going to pay the most and I'm, I'm suggesting that's a very if it happens it's it's it's, by, it's by chance it's, you're in a position where no one work and luck if you, assuming that you at least have a controlling ownership in this business, no one can tell you, no one can override you what to do. Okay, some industries there might be some some legal ramifications if you're you know selling a legal firm or an accounting firm or something like that. There might be some licensing issues, or you might be part of a franchise. So of course you've got to honour any existing contractual arrangements. But generally, you know, if you if you wanted to go and, and design the wholesale process to go straight to one particular public company because you think they've got an appetite for buying you and you want to just change everything about your business and create an information memorandum just for them with, with their picture on the front and everything, that that could That's be a you can do. fantastic way to go about it. You don't have to list it for sale. That's right. You don't have to put it out there and be desperate. But again, that not to say that's necessarily a bad thing. It just You need to understand what's going to be best for your business. So... The conversation we're having now, I, the, the problem is this conversation, from my observations, and maybe I've just got a really rough sample, but from my observations, these, these types of conversations never, ever happen. They never even get thought of happening. Not but, until you get a phone call from somebody saying, I want to sell my business. Well, not even and then. then. 
Not even then, because um, yeah, at the end of the day, a broker, and I'm not just bagging brokers because I don't like them, you know. I know some really good brokers. I'm, 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 what I'm bagging there is people's, I, I think it's a cop-out. You know, you, you've spent, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years of your own sweat building this thing up. Again, back to what you are talking about, for your own reasons, you know, you've been in business for, and we've all got different reasons, it's not always just about money. You've done all that, it'd be nice to know there's something, you know, some big reward at the end. And then most people just take this generic, um, you know, procedure. One size fits all. One size fits all, hand the keys over, away we go. And what we're suggesting is that might be a way of selling business and you, and you might sell it that way, but you're not going to get the best result. And if that is the way you want to go about it, um, if it was me, I'd be pursuing some more um, higher payoff even, things first. If, even if that was what you were thinking is probably the best result by actually yeah going through the effort of producing a, an information memorandum and preparing it yeah in detail it's going to stand head and shoulders above any of the other ones that other people might be looking at so again you, you're putting yourself in a better position yeah so the, the you know the, i guess let's work out what the best questions are to ask yourself and the whole idea of, of these questions here is if you after this podcast is finished Write the questions down as we say them, and after the podcast finishes, actually answer these questions. You know, be real, be honest with yourself. You know, okay, so the first question probably is, what does your business do, have, provide, etc. That would be a valid reason for someone to pay above market rate for it. So, what do I mean by market rate? Above above what an investor would pay for a pure return, based on what the figures would suggest. What is it specifically about your business? Don't say customer service or any generic thing like that. If it's customer service, what what specifically Everybody says that? You know, that's the cop out. That's the cop out when you don't you don't want to think. So oh, service is great. Um, what is it? It's not that you care more than your competitors. Because what's that mean? How how does that come to fruition? What is it specifically that if the right buyer saw that, they'd go, "Wow, that's valuable to me." What are those no-brainer things that if someone saw? about your business, they would go, that, that is just, I can't live without that. So that's the first thing. The next big thing, which no one seems to spend enough time on, is, is what are the big risks in your business? Okay, so you've got these great, unique things about your business that's gonna you know, solve someone's problem buying your business, that's gonna make them money or whatever it's gonna do. Uh, what are the risks about your business that are gonna be in the mind of a potential buyer you know, so they could be, you know, based on the economy, they could be specifically about your business, but what are these things that could make the business go bad? And be specific about it. Don't just say the economy going bad. What specifically does that mean for your industry and for your business? Is, you know, is it because you're involved in discretionary spending industry? Is it, you know, what is it? Is it, you know, is it a struggle, you know, replacing key people? What is it specifically? And then next to each of those, just put in a couple of words what you're doing about it right now to mitigate those risks. Uh So it's okay. I'm giving you permission to talk to people about the bad things about your business as long as at the same time you're telling them what you're doing about it or or at least what they can do about it. Because what you don't want to do is give people these open-ended risks that they can let their mind wander and worry you want to put a lid on it. You want to say, here's the risk in this can and put a lid on top. 
and we, we've now created some boundaries and there's no more risks, they are the risks and if you can prove that, that you've mitigated those risks or make them feel a bit more comfortable, then that's one issue dealt with. And then I guess the third question is who might be, who specifically, not just, not necessarily, I don't want to, ideally what I'm trying to say is if you could name the buyer. Now, if I was thinking about some of my own businesses I've got, I could probably name five buyers in a couple of the niches I've got, where I'd be able to give you know I'd be able to give you their full name, name of their business, um, and I want you to be that specific. If you don't know anyone in the particular industry, then be specific within that niche of what attributes they might have. But ideally, who are they? And try to come up with four or five minimum. How would you narrow it down, Trevor? What do you mean? Yeah, like. You think about to who, be specific. Who, Pat, you know, okay. You're talking about your target market. You know, Who's got the biggest market. problems? So again, it comes back to your the unique things about your business that you know. Obviously, you're solving problems. That's that's what your your positive aspects do. Hopefully, and uh, who has the biggest problems? Because at the end of the day, the person solving the biz- biggest problems wins. Generally, mm-hmm. so if you if your customers have bigger problems than someone else's customers, then everything else being equal you can make more money off those customers, uh-huh. assuming they've got capacity to pay. So what I want you to really think about is be very specific about who has the most to gain by acquiring those unique things about your business that would also be able to get some comfort comfort around the way that you have already said you can articulate or mitigate those risks. And that's all I want you to do on this podcast. Simply think about those things. You know, so what? Why you? Why you? Why now? Mm. Why in this manner? So yeah. what? Everyone's everyone business. Everyone thinks their business mm. is great, but why specifically? Right. What That's are the a risks? good question, Trevor. I, I get my clients to ask that of themselves a lot. You know, so what? You know, when, when they're trying to work out that sort of answer, so what? Yeah, what good, does that mean? I've got good why, customer why service. Is, so yeah, what? Yeah. What does that do for people really? That's right. Apart from making them mm. feel good, that's and you're assuming mm. that makes them feel yeah. good. Yeah. And how do you know you've got good customer service yeah. compared to what? Mm. Yeah. Which means yeah. yeah. So so just think about that bit of bit of homework there. On the next podcast, we're actually going to go deep into some of the sections we would put in the information memorandum, particularly the ones we've got in our template. A bit of detail. A bit of detail. We're going to talk about the opportunity and you know target markets and all those kind of things. And um, so that's one to listen in for. But before you listen to that one, I really I really suggest so that you are becoming you know, engaged in our, in our conversation. So you're not just sitting on the wall and going, yeah, that's nice. And then going back to, you know, do your day job. You really need to, to take this stuff on board and start internalizing it. Go away and do this bit of research um, and then see specifically how these things would apply as we start going through the sections of, of the information memory and template. I think you'll get a lot out of it. And at, at, at the very least, you'll be uh, in a, in a, you know, in an educated position where that when you start talking to buyers or start talking to brokers, you know enough about the fundamentals to, um, um, you know, I guess, understand the process and to be able to, I guess, give yourself some power around actually architecting architecting that process in a way that's going to be the most benefit for you and not just going along for the ride. If, if you listen to all these things that we're talking about and follow the step-by-step process, we've said about making it pretty simple and an easy routine to work your way through so rather than just sort of looking at the whole thing as a one big picture and a big bucket of all sorts of things to sort out follow the pattern 
follow this process and uh, you'll get there a lot quicker than you probably think you will. Yep, and if you want more information, you want to you want to um, download some freebies, and you want to find out when the next podcast is out, all those kind of things. Jump on our list, and you can subscribe at sellmybusinessin10weeks.com. Um, jump on there, and you can look at all the previous episodes as well. And you can also subscribe through iTunes. And yeah, keep giving us the great feedback we've been getting. As long as we keep getting good feedback, I think we'll just just keep running these just episodes. Keep doing it. Feels good to be loved. Mm. Until next week. See you then. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. And just remember, the advice is only generally nature. But if you are serious about selling your business, you should check out the resources page of our website where we've got videos and templates to create an awesome pitch document for your business, which you will need if you're selling. And don't forget to subscribe on our website for advanced notification and bonus materials.